This is the Riches from the Pages radio broadcast with evangelist Adam Borden, brought to you by Wahoo Baptist Church in Murrayville, Georgia. We invite you to join us for this time of mining the unsearchable riches of God's Word. And now evangelist Adam Borden. Thank you, Brother Les. Thank you, friend, for joining us once again here at Riches from the Pages. We want to continue today in our message study in the life of Gideon, the Old Testament man of valor. We find his story in Judges chapter 6 through chapter 8. Today in part 6 of our message series, we're going to look in chapter number 7, beginning in verse number 1 through verse number 7. And we're going to look at three different things today. We're going to look at names, nerves, and numbers. So beginning in verse number 1, let's read about Gideon, our subject. Then Jerob Baal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. Now, just to refresh our memories, if you joined us last time, you know that Gideon was given a name by the people of his country, Jerob Baal, after he threw down the altar of Baal that belonged to his father and cut down the idol worship grove. So here in verse number one, we see his names given. Jerob Baal, I'll remind you, means let Baal plead. And I invite you to go to those previous message studies to see in detail that account. And then it says, who is Gideon? Now, Gideon means one who cuts down. How appropriate. Now, the question is, in verse number one, why are both names used? Well, I would give you in, in context and contrast, in the New Testament, we have the disciple Simon Peter. Now, his name, his given name was Simon Barjona. But in Simon Peter's case, Jesus would refer to him by name based on how he was acting. God had, had chosen Peter to a great task before, but before that, Jesus had given him a name. Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 17 and 18, his name Peter was given by Jesus after he gave a confession of Christ that he was the son of the living God. And when Peter would act right, Jesus would call him Peter. And when he, Peter would act like his old fleshly man, he'd call him Simon. So here we have an identification of a group of people who referred to, I believe, Gideon in these days as Jerub Baal. And we know by uh, the accumulation of numbers that we saw in chapter number six, there's around 32,000 who are gathered now who would refer to him as Jerub Baal in honor of his defiance of the false idol, Baal. Now, verse number two, let's look. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. So here we see that there are too many, T-O-O, -O, too many. Now, 
32,000 is a great number of people by any estimation. But if we skipped ahead to chapter 7, verse 12, we would see that the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east would number a multitude without number as the sands of the sea. And as we see forward in chapter number 8 around verse number 10, we see a number that was slain that was somewhere around 120 and then another force that was gathered of around 15,000 on top of that. So we're talking about somewhere, give or take, north or south of around 135,000 of the enemy. Mm, But God says 32,000 is, oh, that's way too many. It's way too many. Uh, what did G, what did the Lord say unto Gideon? Chapter number 6, verse 14. He said, Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. He did not say, I will raise up a great army to defeat the Midianites. He said, No, Gideon, I am going to deliver them into their hand. What does verse number 2 here say? He said, I will give the Midianites into their hands. Give. That indicates that God has possession of it. God has control of it. God indicates here that he would give and that he would actually do the fighting. But notice what he says there, his description. Lest they vaunt themselves. That word means boast or to be prideful. They're going to take credit for what God has truly done. And they would be guilty of glory retained instead of glory returned unto God. Let me just say this. It would not have mattered if they had had the numbers if God had not given them the victory. What did it say over there in chapter 6, verse 14? He said, The Lord looked upon him, said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel. Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Look at verse 16. The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. God didn't need a huge number. And so we go forward into verse 3. Now, therefore, go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000, and there remained 10,000. Well, God said in verse 2, there's too many. Well, in verse number 3, it turns out that 22,000 were afraid and they went home. I want to submit to you my personal opinion that they might have been, these 22,000 Freddy cats might have been the most prideful in victory. So my, my inquisitive mind asked this question, why did they come in the first place? If they were afraid from the get-go and with one offer to go home if they were afraid and fearful, they turned tail and hiked it back to the house, why in the world did they come in the first place? I've got my thoughts on that. I'd say that first of all, amongst that group, there was some gawkers. When someone sounds the trumpet, it's going to draw a crowd. Some people are just going to show up to see what they can see. Eh, No intention of any action. No intention of any submission. No intention of any commitment. Just looking around, that's all. And then there might have been some of those who intended to get something from coming. They might have uh, seen some sort of reward, or they might have seen some sort of spoil that they might have uh, incurred. 
And I want to say to you, it's very easy to think that there might have been some that had a grudge against Gideon. The man who threw down the altar of Baal, who cut down the grove and burned his father's second bullock. I'd say there were some people there that are the same kind of people who attend church today that hang around for no other reason but to find fault and to figure out a way where they can see someone fail. And they're going to be there to say, ha, I told you so. They're no better than me. They're no count at all. I knew they'd fail all along. Mm. God help us. But then I believe there was a small part of that crowd that had good intentions. Now, we see that this gets dropped down to about 10,000 people in verse number three. That's, that's roughly about a third of the crowd. Quick question to you. In this post-COVID time, in this time post-shutdown, I'd be willing to say that probably some of your churches have maybe dropped down to about a third of what it used to be. Maybe, maybe not. I, I've seen it here and there. Kind of shows who's for real and who doesn't, doesn't it? Mm, 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 mm. But I see something here. They were fearful, and so they went home. Fear in Gideon, we have seen. But I believe that the fear in Gideon is pervasive in his people. This is a common situation. And without any refusal, without any rebuttal, they walked away afraid. Now, let's look at verse 4 and 6 hurriedly. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are too many. 10,000 is too many? I thought you said 32,000 was too many. No, no, 10,000, too many. Still too many. He said, the people are too many. Bring them down, verse 4, to the water, under the water, and I will try them for thee. There. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee, and unto whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. What about that? And so verse 5, so he brought down the people under the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go every man unto his place. What does this mean? It turns out that 22,000 was too many. It turns out that 10,000 is still too many. And so here we see in verse 4 through 6 and 7, the trying of the too many. 10,000 may have tried to, I would say, overcome their fear and stick around. Why is it still to me? The first culling, if you will, uh, we see was God's reason of pride. And God's method of exposing their inner lack of faith and carnality is fear. Are you afraid? Go home. It's amazing that pride and fear coexist so often. Insecurity and selfishness living in such close proximity. Oh, my. The second test, I'd say, is based on this. We see this method of drinking water. Kneel down and bow both knees, that indicates, head down, face in the water. 
And then there's those who lapped, it said, like a dog. Now, the, the first we can see clearly. That's knees on the ground, face in the water, drinking like an animal. Now, there's a description here about those who lapped. It said they reached down with their hand to bring their mouth and lapped the water like a dog. Now, they would have had to have kneeled down on one knee or squatted down somehow or another, but never fully getting way down on the ground. They would have reached down with their hand, bring their mouth, their hand to their mouth, never lowering their eyes from their surroundings. Notice this. He said in, in verse number four, I will try them for thee. This is not Gideon's choice of people. This is not Gideon's observation. God does not say why the difference makes a difference, but somehow it displayed that there a difference, <laughs> it made a difference. Oh, figure that one out. I tried to in my own brain. I, I, would, I would say two things, possibly. Dehydration. Those who got down on their knees, those who uh, drank the water with their, uh, with their face in the water. It shows a lack of water. What did John 4 13 to 14 say, he said, I'll, those who believe in me, I'll put a wellspring of water in them. I would say those who were dehydrated, they had a lack of water. But then you had those who showed diligence. They were not oblivious. They were observant. Remember, this is wartime. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so I believe we see the dehydrated, those who didn't have enough water in their life. And we see the diligent who are always on the lookout. And notice once again, there is no refusal. There is no request to stay. And 9,700 more were sent home. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped, will I save you, and deliver the midnights into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Three hundred versus somewhere around 135,000, give or take. Mm, what odds. But here's what God said in verse 7. God said, I will give the victory. I will save you. To Gideon, he gave the responsibility of leadership that only come through obedience. And then he said to the fearful and oblivious, go home. I'm thinking of that old song, little as much when God is in it. Have a great day, friend. Our prayer is that the word of God has done a work in you today. For more information on the ministry of Evangelist Adam Borden, go to evangelistadamborden.com, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, and click on the contact page, or you can call 615-785-5682. Join us next time as we find riches from the pages of God's Word with Evangelist Adam Borden.